You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 512, The Superboy Chronicles, The Secret of the Crystal Curse. episode 512 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Camping Kid. I'm not currently here. That's right. You heard me. Um, so uh, in my uh, my vacationing absence, uh, I am putting together one of these a few days ago. Mm, Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. All right, so let's get let's actually just get right to it. <clears throat> All right, so looking at uh, New Adventures of Superboy number 30, which was uh, from June of 1982. And uh, we have a cover that is uh, Ross Andrew and Bob Smith. Um, so we have this basically sort of old school human torch looking dude um, uh, fighting Superboy in midair over Smallville. Uh, it says, when the glow man bursts into town, someone is bound to get burned. And then, of course, uh, the, the, the Dial H for Hero uh, characters, two colorful champions you created in Dial H for Hero, Mr. Opposite and Miss Hourglass. All right, so we start off. Um, we've got on the splash page um, this uh, menacing, um, sort of like a negative space, lots of zipatone, um, flame creature uh, that is grabbing uh, Superboy in midair, and everybody's kind of freaking out uh, about the glow man of, of, of this glow man. Um, <clears throat> and Superboy says, this menace is turning me, is turning into a human fireball, and it's all my fault. Science and magic, two subjects which Superboy must constantly remain well acquainted with, for each field carries the potential for creating close encounters of the most dangerous kind. A fact the Teen of Steel must contend with when he finds himself up against not one, but two dire crises unfolding with The Secret of the Crystal Curse. Uh, it is written by Carrie Bates, penciled by Kurt Schaffenberger, inked by Dave Hunt, uh, colored by Jerry Serpy, lettered by Ben Oda, and edited by Julius Schwartz. All right, so uh, we basically have a carnival, and there's a uh, young girl um, uh, wandering around the carnival, and she sees the fortune teller's tent. And uh, her name is Rachel Lamar, and it says that she's 16, so right around Clark's age. Um, so the um, um, the fortune teller calls her in and uh, says, no need to be concerned about what your friends at the orphanage will think. There's no disgrace in possessing an open mind. And she said, how did you know I'm an orphan? And, she, and the woman says, there are no secrets from one who knows how to use the enchanted crystal, Rachel Lamar. Have a seat. G golly, you got my name right the first time, too. And she says, uh, Holga will tell you, she'll tell you a great many things about yourself, my dear. And she looks at the crystal and thinks, that crystal, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I can't take my eyes off it. Uh, meanwhile, one of the, uh, the strong men has a snake around, wrapped around him, and it's spooking one of the horses. Um, the horse starts running around with the uh, with the guy, and they're saying there's no uh, stopping that horse, and um, it bolts into Holga's tent and knocks it over, and they get Holga out, and uh, but they can't find uh, Rachel. 
And she says, sorry, Miss Holga, but we didn't find anyone else in the tent. Oh, no, my enchanted crystal. The little thief has run off and taken my crystal with her. And for that impulsive moment of dishonest of dishonesty, Rachel Lamar will pay a terrible price, just as I have. For the rest of her days, she will be plagued by the curse of the crystal. I have nothing but pity for her now. And sure enough, Rachel has stolen the stone. All right, so we jump ahead uh, six months. And uh, it turns out that wasn't in Smallville. It doesn't say what state it was. It was another state. Um, anyway, so uh, Billy and Gary are racing on their bikes and um, and scare this older woman. Um, but that's okay because um, uh, Clark's there to help her with it. And uh, he's, allow me to help you with your groceries, ma'am. She's knocked them down after the two guys... Uh, um, you know, basically rode their bikes right sort of on either side of her. Um, so she says, I declare these youngsters today are in such a hurry. And what happened to respect for the older generation? Clark says, I'm sure the Granville brothers meant no harm, ma'am. As for this youngster, it'd be my pleasure to walk you home. So he does so. And they, um, they, you know, they, they introduce, they, they properly introduce, uh, themselves to one another. Um, and so, uh, they get to her house and, uh, she says, here we are, Clark, and thank you again. You must stop by for hot chocolate and donuts some afternoon. Sure thing, Mrs. Ms. Miss Desruck, um, which Desruck, D-E-S-R-U-C, which backwards is cursed. She says, it was very nice meeting you. But no sooner has the mild-mannered student rounded the corner, he hears, uh, shouts of panic and he, quickly changes to Superboy, and he comes around, and uh, and there are the uh, Granville brothers, and there is this flaming dude, um, sort of, you know, and, and he's uh, literally burning, like, uh, the, all the grass around him as he stands there in the park, and uh, um, Superboy comes in, he says, I've been meaning to lecture the Granville brothers about their reckless bike riding, but this is hardly the time. An X-ray probe reveals no inside answers, but outwardly, this mystery man seems to be enveloped in a sheath of pure solar energy. Odd, he glowed brighter, glowed brighter the moment I grabbed him. And uh, he grabs Superboy and uh, hurl, takes him into the air, hurls him to the ground, and he says, he's suddenly igniting like a human fireball. This is too much. The sudden eruption of energy gave him enough strength to send me hurtling into, into the ground. Um, and he kind of drills through the ground and up and out, and uh, and the glow man has disappeared. He says that last power burst of his was so intense, it set half the park ablaze. He says, if I had to bet, I'd blame this on Lex Luthor's warped genius. And, and lose. A super scan shows he's still securely locked away in an upstate detention farm. Um, so he flies the um, he flies the, the boys back, uh, and they're saying, I couldn't believe it, the way that glow man threw you around. How do you figure it, Superboy? I wish I could, fellas, and that's what worries me. <coughs> so next morning, um, you know, Superboy has spent uh, a night uh, on a fruitless search for uh, this adversary, and uh, he stops by uh, the Lang house, and uh, Professor Lang says that Lana left for school early today, wanted to study for a quiz. Uh, but that's okay, because another girl comes up and says, if you'd like someone to walk along with Clark Kent, well, I do. And he's, why, oh, uh, and she said, Rachel Lamar is, my, is the name. My great aunt and I just moved into town. This will be my first day at Smallville High. And, um, and, uh, he says, pleased to meet you, Rachel, but how did you know who I was? She says, my aunt Clara Desrook gave me a perfect description of the polite young man who helped her across the street. He made quite an impression. And uh, he says, I was just doing the neighborly thing. Your aunt seems like a very nice person. Uh, meanwhile, there's a, a couple of guys who are seeing all this, and um, 
Um, you know, and, uh, and, and it's like, sheesh, if Bash wasn't out sick today, he'd get sick fast if he saw this. Uh, she's a knockout. Anyone know who she is? Must be the new gal in town I heard about. Of all the groovy guys to choose from, why Klutzy Clark Kent? Maybe he saw her first and introduced himself. She'd have no basis for comparison. Get serious. Kent is even too shy to talk to his own reflection in a mirror. Uh, meanwhile, L- Lana is uh, looking at the two of them from one of the windows of the school, and she's, hmm, Wyatt thinks, why, hmm, why is it I've taken one look at that new girl and snapped aside there's something I don't trust about her? Certainly it can't be because I feel pangs of jealousy that she's with Clark. So uh, later on at, at dinner, um, um, uh, Jonathan says, when I was driving to the general store this morning, son, I couldn't help but notice a beautiful girl, girl on your arm. And he says, her name's Rachel Lamar, Pa. She and her great aunt just moved into that vacant house on Grove Street. I think it's good for you to spend some time with another girl besides Lana for a change, says Martha. By all means, says Jonathan. Why not invite Rachel over for dinner sometime, son? I might just do that. But right now, I've got to get going. My super sense is telling me that the single signal lamp in my bedroom is flashing on and off. Wonder who is emergency signaling me. It's Police Chief Parker. I don't understand how the alarm switch at the at his end... I still don't understand how the arm, alarm switch at his end uh, beams a signal to Clark's bedroom. What's it matter, Martha, as long as it works? Parker calling Superboy, home in on my radio signal. And uh, Superboy flies uh, toward it. Uh, the chief is on the road somewhere. He called from his patrol car and had someone at headquarters signal me. His radio beam's coming from the woods south of town. And he gets there and he finds this shack. And they go in, and um, and he's like, okay, Lex Luthor, it's got to be. No one else could have put together this kind of sophisticated scientific hardware. And Chief Parker says, no telling how long he's had the secret lab hidden in the woods. And you see um, these gizmos with signs on it that say things like, anti-Superboy um, experiment number 23B, solar infusion booster. He says, my theory is someone stumbled across the cabin, came inside, and accidentally flipped the on switch, activating this gizmo. I'm in the foggiest notion what solar infusion is, but from what the Granville brothers told me about the run-in with a glow man yesterday, your hunch is right on the money, Chief. This device is geared to transform a man into a human dynamo of solar energy, which is a perfect description of the menace I was up against yesterday. And Chief Parker says, Now answer me this. Who was the poor guy who stumbled in here and wound up playing uh, guinea pig for Luthor's machine? He says, I can't, Chief. Not yet. Um... So, uh, no, you know, Glowman doesn't show up again that night. Uh, but then um, uh, Clark comes to uh, to pick up Rachel to walk her to school. And um, says uh, she says, hi, Clark, right on time to walk me to school. How thoughtful. Actually, I'm a few minutes early, Rachel. I thought I'd say hello to your great aunt. Aunt Clara is sleeping in this morning. Her arthritis is acting up. But I'll be sure to give her your regards. So please do that. Oh, by the way, what did you mean by that remark over the phone about today being so important? When I woke up this morning, I was a year older. In other words, today's my birthday. I realize we've only known each other for 24 hours, Clark, but would you mind very much if I asked for a birthday kiss? Oh, er, not now, Rachel, says Clark. Always shy. She says, I wouldn't ask if I didn't think you were one of a kind. And he says, no, look, the, uh, the glow man is on on the loose again and on the run from Chief Parker's patrol car. Oh my gosh, he's coming our way. And the closer he gets, the more he flares up with energy, just like last time. And you can see as he wanders by, you know, like uh, power lines are dropping down the whole bit. Um, so he um, uh, throws Rachel to the ground and says, Get down, Rachel. Good thing my Clark clothes are treated with heat-resistant, friction-proof chemicals. Otherwise, my Superboy duds might start showing through. Um, 
It's was very, very interesting. He was fleeing on foot until he passed by me. Then it was a sudden power surge that sent him hurtling skyward. And she thinks, oh, the poor man, what on earth happened to him? Well, and uh, Chief Parker shows up and says, glad you two are all right. The way the ground scorched, you're lucky you didn't get third degree burns. Uh, Clerk says, uh, Chief, would you mind driving Rachel to school? All this excitement has upset my stomach. I'd better go on home. And um, and the chief says to Rachel, too bad about that boy. Sound heart and a sound mind, but no physical stamina. She says, suddenly, I'm not feeling so well myself, chief. My house is just up the street. I think it would be best if I stay home today and let my aunt take care of me. And Parker just scratches his head because he's like, what do I care? Um, anyway, uh, meanwhile, the boy with no stamina is often flying. And we see Superboy flying. And he says, while watching uh, the Glowman flee from Parker's squad car, I noticed there was something familiar about the way he was running. And then it hit me, where I'd seen that run before, on the football field at Smallville High. Every time my classmate, Bash Bashford, uh, ran toward the goalpost for a touchdown. So we end up at uh, the Bashford's uh, Cherry Street residence. Uh, we didn't worry at first. Our son was off on one of his all-night camping hikes, but it's been over 24 hours with no word at all from him. In fact, we were just about to call Chief Parker when you knocked on our door, Superboy. Sally and I would feel a whole lot better if we knew you were out looking for Bash. And uh, Sally says, uh, we can't help but thinking he's in some sort of trouble or he would have called. And Clark says, try not to worry. I'll find him. With all those powers of his, Super, uh, Superboy can do anything, Sally. He'll bring our son home before you know it. And Clark's thinking, but in what condition? And even if I do manage to zero in on Batch's whereabouts, then what? How do I go about restoring him to the human being he was before he ventured into Lex Luthor's lab? Hours later, darkness falls over Smallville, but not on time. And they're saying, I don't get it. The newspapers didn't mention this part of the country was due for an eclipse today. Why should they? That's no, no eclipse. I've seen the real ones. This is different. Then what's the explanation? Since when does Smallville turn pitch dark at three in the afternoon? It's not su it's not sundown. It looks more like a giant cloud has drifted over our heads, blocking out the sun. But the town uh, people can't see is that you know Clark is basically seeding the clouds. Uh, he says this final load of uh, black crystals will finish cloud seeding job that's plunged the entire Smallville area into darkness. Drastic measure, but a necessary one. If my plan to smoke the glow man out in the open is going to work, since Bash has been transformed into a human solar battery, I had to eliminate his power source, namely the sun. I'll leave him with only one other source of energy, me. I now realize why Bash flared up each time we came close, because my Kryptonium molecules are char constantly charged with solar energy. Thus, Bash gets an energy boost each time we cross paths, but if my artificial eclipse succeeds in, in uh, depriving him of the sunlight he would normally be feeding on right now, he might turn to me for a much-needed snack. And sure enough, he does. And uh, he comes running at Superboy, and Superboy says, "This thinks this has to be timed right. First, I let get Bash get just close enough to start a, a feel it, to start feeling a power surge. Then I deliberately take off before he can make contact. Result: He has to fly in pursuit, drawing upon the fleeting energy surge uh, he absorbed from me only seconds ago. Time for the meal of steel to show himself for an encore, and uh, basically leads him kind of in a figure eight, and um, and then finally." Um, uh, he grabs a hold of, of Superboy. Um, but it not, might not be what you expect. Uh, he starts turning back into Bash, and uh, Superboy thinks, uh, just as I hoped, Bash didn't realize that in the confusion of darkness, I substituted a Superboy robot for myself. It was the robot he was chasing. A chase that forced him to burn up every last vestige of solar energy in his body while my own solar-charged molecules stayed safely out of range. Glowman's final surge of strength totaled my robot. 
but it was worth it as long as Bash is back to his overbearing semi-obnoxious uh, semi self. Ugh, is that you, Superboy? Last thing I remember is coming across a weird cabin in the woods crammed with all sorts of gizmos. He thinks, and Superboy thinks, no wonder Luthor never tried the solar infusion process on himself. It robs the user of his memory. Let's go, Bash. I promised your parents you'd, I'd personally deliver you to their doorstep. I'll uh, fix, fill in the missing gaps along the way. So a little later, uh, Superboy goes to um, um, Miss, uh, Ms. Desruck's uh, 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 house. And, he's, and uh, she, the, he's knocking on the door and says, Go away, whoever you are. It's Superboy, Miss Desruck. Clark Kent sent me. I must speak with your niece, Rachel. Uh, R Rachel isn't here. She left without telling me where she was going. So please, Superboy, go. He says, sorry, Miss Desruck. I think Rachel Lamar is still close by. by. Moreover, I can prove it by tuning in my super hearing. Looks and age may change, Rachel, but not the rhythm of a heartbeat. Then you knew all along I was Rachel? Just as you knew from our first meeting that Clark Kent was Superboy when you discovered how Clark's touch miraculously restored your youth, at least for a few days. That's why you came to Smallville, to find me. Yes. Months ago, I made the mistake of taking something that didn't belong to me. I've turned into an old hag, she says in the flashback, and then in the crystal you see the um, uh, Holga's um, face. And she says, and so, you sh and so you shall remain, Rachel Lamar, gnarled and aged. Such is the curse of the crystal which has plagued me for a lifetime and which now condemns you to a life of mystery. The only way to break its spell is to receive an unearthly kiss from a hero. Uh, the poor gypsy woman had always felt she was helpless to change her, her plight, but not me. After reading articles about your origin on the planet Krypton, I realized Superboy was the one hero in the world who could provide me with an unearthly kiss. The crystal told me I would know this hero by his touch, for it would temporarily restore my youth, but his kiss would remain the only permanent cure. That's why you came on to me as Clark Kent, figuring it'd be a lot easier to get me to kiss you while I was in costume. But Rachel, why didn't you simply tell me the truth from the start? She says, I got into this mess because I stole something. I, I guess I didn't think Superboy would go out of his way to help a sneak thief. Superboy says, you've paid the price, Rachel. Justice has been served. I'd say, I'd say you've already suffered enough for your mistake. And so he makes with the smooch and um, turns himself back to Clark. She says, I took the opportunity of switching clothes at super speed and mid-kiss. It may save me a great deal of explaining when Rachel opens her eyes. Oh, who are you? I feel so confused. The last thing I remember walk is walking into a gypsy's tent to have my f fortune told. And he thinks, phew, once the spell was broken, Rachel lost all memory of everything that happened to her during the months she was magically cursed. And so that evening, as Clark records the day's events in his diary, what a strange coincidence. Two teenagers, a boy and a girl, transformed, one by science, the other by magic, and I had an effect on each. And to top it off, both lost their memories of what had happened when they returned to normal, which is just fine with me. All right, so then we get into the uh, the Dial H for Hero story. Um, if you'll remember, Disc Jockey was falling from the um, um, the, the the record or whatever. Um, so yeah, the battle with Di oh sorry, the Disc Jockey was a bad guy. Uh, battle with the Disc Jockey high above Fairfax. H dialer Christopher King suddenly finds his super identity gone. A fact a super uh, foe quickly takes care of, and so he's falling. Uh, but Vicky Grant is down at the bottom there, thinking uh, as Miss Hourglass thinking, poor Chris has passed out. What can I do to save him? She goes, one chance. Slow down time for Chris. It will take him longer to hit the ground. Then do something to cushion his fall, or the impact will break every bone in his body. 
Now, where can I find... Just in time, here comes a, a truck loaded with bags of feed. It's not as soft as mattresses, but I can't afford to be choosy. Uh, the story is brought to us by E. Nelson Bridwell, um, and, who did the plot, uh, Bob Rosakis, who did the script, Howard Bender, who did the pencils, Joe Giella doing the inks, Philip Felix on letters, Jerry Serpy on colors, and one Julia Schwartz editing. All right, so... Um, so basically, um, she's got split-second timing. Uh, she has to coordinate the slowed-down falling Chris with the uh, truck. She's got to speed up a bit so that it is in the right spot when he lands. And so she makes sure that he lands on the bags, and uh, problem solved, right? Uh, so, Chris, are you all right? But he's out cold. Um, and so... Uh, she speeds up time for him again, making an hour zip by in seconds. Um, she says, oh, too bad this mastery over time only lasts one hour. There'd be no limit to the things I'd do. Uh, so an hour later, um, he's still unconscious. Well, at least, you know, a fake hour because she sped stuff up. Uh, she, she says, I just got a wild, a, a wild uh, thought. Hit hero on Chris's power dial and hope that the super identity he changes to will be conscious. Something's happening. And so he does this and uh, he's like, he wakes up in a purple costume, says, uh, where am I? Who am I? You tell me. Uh, he says, why? I'm Mr. Opposite with the power to make things work opposite to the way they're supposed to. Oh, fantastic. She says, I wonder if that's because I dialed uh, for you since I'm of the opposite sex. And he says, who cares as long as I get another shot at that disc jockey. And he was created by Chris Adams, age 21 of London, England. Um, all right, so um, the, the DJ is um, you know, still out there causing all kinds of trouble with a beat which resounds from everything and anything capable of producing sound. Um, and the result is, disaster, that racket will destroy the entire city. It feels like my ears are going to explode. That crazy dude is going to dance the city down to dust. And uh, Miss Hourglass says, it's up to us to save Fairfax, Chris, while I use my time power to slow down the falling objects. And he says, Mr. Opposite will do his specialty on them. As soon as I take care of this bit of business, I'll go after that noisemaker in the sky and turn him off permanently. And uh, so stuff is falling and, uh, um, you know, like maybe bricks and girders and stuff. But they're soft as foam rubber. Why? Because Mr. Opposite... Uh, he says, there's a better way to go about this. I'll make gravity work oppositely, cause the falling debris to rise up into the air. Oh, this is crazy. All that disco noise is making me see things. Um, so we see uh, the disc jockey up there. He says, love that big beat, kiddos. Let's get every foot in Fairfax dancing as we bring disc jockey disco to a crashing crescendo. And Mr. Opposite says, time for direct action against Big Mouth. See how he likes this opposite reaction. And he can't, and he changes it so that uh, disc jockey can't hear himself talk. Then, where an explosion of sound had blanketed into the city, a wave of silence now spreads across Fairfax. And um, Vicky says, whatever Chris did, he did it too well. I can't say anything to him. And um, uh, Chris thinks, talk about opposites from total sound to absolute silence. Our school librarian would love this. He says, I better talk this over with Vicky. So, neat trick, huh? Now the silent effect is opposite for us. She says, okay, but we better hurry and get the disc jockey off and out of the air. We'll be back at square one when your power fades. I'll leave it to you to spoil my moment of glory with logic. Uh, I suppose you got a plan? And she thinks, she says, of course. But if you have one, you want to try first? And he says, no, thanks. My plans always seem to get us in trouble. So spill up. What's our move? She says, I notice there's a certain place the flying disc keeps steering clear of, as if avoiding it. Police headquarters. 
says, gotcha. Opposites attract. I turn on my power and the disc is drawn to police HQ. You know, I would have thought of that if I'd been down there watching that flying record instead of up there duking it out with the disc jockey. Um, so she says, as long as you insist on playing the bronze of my brain, that's the way it's going to be, Chris. Now, just to make sure the DJ can't make another change in direction, I'll give him a bad case of slow times. Uh, then a case of speed-ups for you and me, and we can race over to headquarters. Faster than the speeding bullet? Well, if you insist. Um, and so he says, uh, time for another opposite reaction as I make the DJ's anti-gravity mechanism work in reverse, giving me my long-delayed chance to turn off this broadcast. Um, and they're like, hold it, here comes the law, headed by your father. Turn off the silence while I bring the disc jockey back to normal time speed. And uh, Chris's dad says, uh, we'll, talk, we'll take over. Or they say, Detective King, we can talk again. He says, we'll take over now, heroes. So they take uh, the disc jockey into custody. He says, I don't know where all you heroes come from, but I'm sure glad you show up when we need you. Chris, my hour is up. I'll change back right in front of your father. Never fear, Mr. Opposite is here. A zap of your dial, instead of your hour of power being over, your 60 minutes of hourglass will begin. We're always glad to help, officer, but right now, it's time to go. Once again, Ms. Hourglass speeds up time for herself and Mr. Opposite. You notice I didn't give myself away, Vicky. I was careful not to call my father by name. Pretty good, huh? Listen, she says, try not to break your arm patting yourself on the back. You'll need it to undial back into your normal form. He says, say, you want to come over to my house and dig some records? Uh, forget I said that. All right, so uh, so there we have it. Um, that is uh, Superboy, New Adventures of Superboy, issue number 30. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll be back next week with, uh, with more Legion-y stuff as we head into the Reflecto Saga, Saga, Saga. Anyway, comments, as always, are welcome. Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble. And we will see you all next week.